There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Thursday. Morale is high. Gang's all here, ready to go. And look what Marvin has on. Marvin has his own T-shirt. There you go. You made it. You did it. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. How, how proud are you of your handprints on your T-shirt? Proud? I wouldn't say. Okay. I'm not sure if that's the word. Thrilled? Honored? Sure. Okay. I got to think of a better word because none of those really meet my feelings towards this shirt right now. What did your wife uh, say about that? Oh, your hands aren't as small as everyone says. (laughs) Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good woman right there. That's a good woman right there. Not not telling the truth. Marvin's got his own T-shirt there. It's actually huge, your hands. They're huge. Incredible. That's right. Yeah. Tell my wife, you, you better lie to me. <laughs> you can go to danpatrick.com if you want Marvin's handprints. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I've seen some hands, okay? Yours yeah. are big. Yeah. Biggest hands you've ever held? <laughs> of course. How many hands have you seen? <laughs> huh, in college? You mean that? Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That could open up a Pandora's box. Ten or less hands? <laughs> Ten or more hands? Yes. <laughs> Biggest hands you've ever held? <laughs> Uh, you and could, you know the placement on the T-shirt worked out exactly oh, the way we didn't realize it would. I know. Yeah, you'll be proud to have your wife wear this T-shirt. Go to danpatrick.com, see all of our T-shirts there. Yes, Marvin. Can't wait for those meet and greets in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, at the Super Bowl. All righty. Like I said, morale is high. Come on in, stay a while. It's NFL schedule release show tonight. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, uh. <laughs> Is it compelling or is it silly? You know, the NFL is brilliant in marketing this because here we are in May. We have a lot of time before there's going to be any football, but it is exciting. They were letting them sort of dribble out yesterday and the day before. Games played in Europe, in Germany, and London. Now you find out 
What's going to happen Monday night, the first Monday night, the Jets at home on 9-11. They're going to face the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, as is tradition. We'll open up at home Thursday night, and that'll be against the Detroit Lions. Now, I was surprised with the Lions because the Lions don't have star power. They have a coach who is really interesting, charismatic. Jared Goff is not a star, had a really good year. They have a good team. I love the team. And they're fun, but I would have thought maybe a little more star power to open up on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. But the uh, schedule release show is coming up tonight. We'll talk to one of their six executives with the NFL, and their job, part of their job description, is coming up with the schedule every year. We will talk to one of those six, take us behind the curtain, let us know how all of this works. And it's a lot more complicated than you think, but the computers play a large role in this. They feed it into computers, and they go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scenarios with those schedules. Plus, I want to know what happens prior to the draft and then after the draft, prior to Aaron Rodgers being traded, Lamar Jackson signing. Now what happens with those teams, those quarterbacks in prime time, How does that affect the schedule? That's a little bit later on. In fact, in the final hour of the show, Robert Ory, Big Shot Bob from uh, Spectrum Sports, seven-time NBA champ will join us coming up uh, a little bit later on today. Knicks beat the Heat. Heat still up 3-2. Warriors roll the Lakers 3-2. Tonight, there is basketball. Celtics 76ers game six. Nuggets at the Suns game six. Big news from last night, not that the Warriors rolled the Lakers. I don't think anybody was surprised there. But Anthony Davis uh, was taken off the court in a wheelchair. Don't know if he has a concussion, but uh, they walked him to the bench, and then they took him off in a wheelchair to the locker room. He was dizzy and uh, sort of out of sorts there. Here's something uh, from the uh, NBA. We were uh, curious about their concussion protocol. If a player is diagnosed with a concussion, he cannot return to participation for at least 48 hours, including the date of the diagnosis, and until he completes the required return to participation process. So that is really big. Next game is coming up on Friday night. Anthony Davis, if he has a concussion. Now, they initially said that he did not. But, of course, you're going to say he does not have a concussion. You're going to say to Anthony Davis, you don't have a concussion, right? I don't think you would have said it on the bench to him because he did seem out of sorts and uh, was having a hard time maybe with his equilibrium. You saw the elbow or forearm by Kevon Looney, and it didn't look like much, but sometimes it doesn't take much to get a a concussion. And if it's up by the temple, um, if you've had a concussion, you you know right away something's off. And it looked like something was off with him, or he certainly felt that way. Couldn't come back, and they were still in the game. But if he has a concussion, I would imagine, according to protocol with the NBA, he would not be playing on Friday night as that series goes back to L.A. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning. Our good friends at Peacock, our streaming partner, and our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, uh, numbering nearly 390 cities around America. Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone calls. This program, this hour, brought to you by the great folks at Panini America, the official trading cards of this program. You, of course, have the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. 
the only place to collect them all. Panini trading cards, autograph cards, instant classics, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, starter continue your collection now, PaniniAmerica.net. Back to Anthony Davis, it didn't look bad initially. It just looked like Looney caught him with an errant arm, elbow, forearm, but you could see where he went down, and then all of a sudden he goes to the bench. I didn't know this would be growing up, you got your bell rung. Now, getting your bell rung means you probably had a concussion, or they like to say concussion-like symptoms. That's like pregnant-like symptoms. Do you have a concussion or not? Do you have the flu-like symptoms? Do you have the flu? Are you pregnant or not? That's the feeling I always have when they say, well, it's concussion-like symptoms. Well, flu-like symptoms, what's that mean? Do you sort of have the flu? Do you sort of have a concussion? You don't have a tent there. How many times have we seen a basketball player tested for a concussion? You even hear about a concussion. It's really, really rare. I didn't even know they had a concussion protocol. I said to Fritzy, reach out to the NBA and see if they have one. I assume they did, but I didn't know. Other sports, they have concussion protocol. But I wasn't sure with basketball. But Anthony Davis was playing well. That was supposed to be his playing well game because he alternates. Uh, not intentionally, but they were in the game. But it came down to the Warriors playing great basketball. Certainly Steph, Draymond Green. Draymond took it, took the initiative. Uh, I mean, it, this is strategy here. And I don't know why, you know, Steve Kerr didn't do this before. You know, challenge, go to the hoop a little bit. You're not shooting free throws. Clay Thompson's not playing well. Jordan Poole's not playing well. Wiggins, and all you want, in a series like this, if you're going to win four games, here's the philosophy of a former coach telling me. He said, you know your two stars are going to help you win two games. And then you're asking somebody else or two other players to help you win a game. And we've already seen that with Lonnie Walker. He helped them win a game. LeBron and AD have helped you win. Now, is it time for somebody else to step up, depending on Anthony Davis's role coming up on Friday night? But you have four games to win. Your two-star players will help you win at least two of those games, and then you're asking for somebody to give you a surprise performance. And that's what happened. You know, Steph Curry, all right, who's stepping up? All right, Draymond has 20 points. But Draymond played wonderfully last night. Offensively, defensively, he was so aggressive uh, and he was aggressive on the offensive end. But they made the Lakers pay. Uh, you bring Anthony Davis out, and then you can attack. They're a smaller team. Take Davis away from the hoop, and you can attack a little bit. Get to the free throw, uh, free throw line. As for the Knicks, this series has come down to rebounding. Knicks dominated the boards and picked up the win. When they win the boards, they're winning. Yes, Marv? Did they want it more last oh, night? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to check with Julius Randle. Seems like they wanted. You know who wanted it more? Jalen Brunson wanted it more. Played great last night. And uh, here is uh, Tom Thibodeau, the Knicks head coach. What can you say about the guy? He's just uh, incredible. You know, all-around player, great leader, great toughness, mental toughness, physical toughness, ability to think on his feet, ability to lead. Ability to connect with people, to bring the best out of people. Um, that's what makes them special, and it's play after play. Dang. 
My wife doesn't even say nice things about me like that. Yeah, Seton. You could say that rebounds is the stat that shows who wanted it more. Yeah. Right? Because rebounding is just, it's, it's not 100% effort, but it's mostly effort. Brunson had 38, R.J. Baird 26, Julius Randle had 24. So they combined for 88 points. And it does come down to rebounding. And do you do you want to get rebounds? Certainly offensive rebounds, but that was the key. They dominated the boards, and they lived to see another game. If you're wondering, entertainment purposes only, DraftKings has the lines tonight. The Celtics are getting two and a half against the 76ers. And the Nuggets, they're getting three against the Suns. Uh, if you want over-under here, in case you're wondering, over-under for my favorite player, Al Horford. Does anybody want to play the over-under for Al Horford? Game six Al, I call him. Yes, Paul? Fourteen and a half? No, mm. Marvin? Hall of Famer, so eight and a half. All right. <laughs> Seton? Eleven and a half. Todd. Twelve and a half. Seven and a half for Al Horford. Oh, over disrespect. under. No respect at disrespect. All. Yeah. Yeah. Uh over under for Joel Embiid. Todd? Twenty-nine and a half. Blue blood. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> over under tonight. Devin Booker. Seaton. Twenty-seven and a half. Marvin. Thirty-three and a half. Paul. Thirty-one and a half. Blue ball. Yeah, there we go. Over under Kevin Durant. <laughs> Bunch of dorks. <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this though. Yeah, yeah. Over under Kevin Durant. <laughs> Todd. Twenty-eight and a half. Paul. Twenty-seven and a half. Marv. Thirty and a half. Blue ball. <laughs> Everybody gets an award. Everybody Get plays. Up. Participation trophies. Everybody. Over <laughs> under. The Joker tonight. Todd? 33 and a half. Seaton? 29 and a half. Blue yeah! No way! Let's go! No way. We all got one. Yeah. Congratulations. Yay. We all won nothing. Yay. Yeah. We're we so won corny. this segment, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Congratulations, everybody. Yeah, we're winning the radio yeah. dial. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, other shows. Yeah. Quarter hour, take yeah. that. Winner. Take that. Yeah, Paul. Uh, we're keeping an eye on social media and stuff and other news sources about Anthony Davis. He has a concussion. Nothing from the Lakers yet. But right before they wrapped up on NBA and TNT last night, Chris Haynes, a reporter, got out there and said that he got hit in the temple, mm. Anthony Davis. Yep. And it appears that he had avoided a concussion, according to his sources. He didn't say a source was the Lakers, but he appeared to avoid a concussion. That was reported right after the game. And I don't know if this is a Laker Neurologist, doctor, do they have, uh, you know, independent neurologist who's available? I don't know how that works. We have that with the NFL. Yes, Eden. It feels like the collective reaction to mm. Anthony Davis's injury was mm. basically like a worldwide eye roll. Are we being fair to him? Because now it's like, okay, well, if you don't have a concussion, then why didn't you, then what's the problem? And I don't know if that's fair or not, but it's kind of the reaction. Did you have an eye roll this morning? I've been rolling my eyes <laughs> for a long time, yeah. Yeah, a long time. I, but I, it was kind of like, dude, just what's going on? It just feels like he always finds an injury. The red finds him. We've been talking about it this whole playoffs. We've been talking about it for most of his career. Yes, yes. Right. But 
I want to be fair to him because while it may not have looked that serious, sometimes you have injuries where you go, wait, nothing happened there. And then you realize something, you know, potentially serious happened there. But I thought it was in the temple that he got hit. And uh, I thought it was more of a forearm than an elbow. But he was, you know, clearly bothered by it and, uh, you know, discombobulated. Are you ever bobulated? Can you be combobulated? I'll check. Yeah, combobulated. Not many people. This is our show in a nutshell. I know. This, this exact conversation. Yeah. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm combobulated. Yeah, t- yeah, Paul. Yeah, definition of combobulate, to put things in order, to bring something out mm. of a state of confusion or disarray. So you can combobulate something, and we're due for that. But can you be uh, array? Yeah, array or disarray. Yeah. Can you or, be rebobulated? Yeah, discombobulated means a mess, hectic. Mm. But not many people go, man, I'm combobulated today. Right. Right? Totally combobulated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Send over that Emmy. So Davis was initially evaluated on the bench by the uh, Lakers athletic trainer and then went back to uh, the back of the arena, further medical attention. I don't know who looked at him. No mention of a concussion after the initial evaluation a source close to uh, the Lakers told ESPN. All right, we'll take a break. We're just getting started. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. 
Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Robert Ory, Big Shot Bob, seven-time NBA champ, and the Big Shot Bob podcast. He works for the Lakers Spectrum Sports analyst and he joins us this morning robert good to uh, talk to you again what did you see on the elbow with anthony davis what was your initial thought um i I thought at first that he got his eye hit and then you could see closely that it hit him like in the corner of his eye and i was just worried about you know if he got hit in the temple or something like that where he might have a concussion so hopefully he's fine because every player has been hit in the eye under the basket and it hurts really bad. So hopefully, you know, that's something, you know, that's not going to keep him, well, prevent him from playing in the next game. Well, if he has a concussion, according to the concussion protocol, he's going to sit out 48, uh, 48 hours. He wouldn't be able to play Friday night. Yeah, I know. And that's, a, that's the thing that we're worried about. Uh, uh, and so I just, I just, cause you don't want anything like this to happen in a great series like this because he's playing extremely well. Um, he's showing you why he should be one, considered one of the best defensive players in the game. And you just want to see him back on the court because think about it, all the injuries he's had throughout his career and as bad as people talk about him, you don't want him to go out like this or the Lakers will go out like this because of of something like this. Yeah, and if you, like you, I understood playing your guys, but if you're down by a certain number of points, do you then put those guys on the bench? I thought around the five-minute mark, if you're down by, you know, 12, 14, 15, maybe LeBron and AD sit down. Do you think that uh, yeah. they would have been okay with that? I think they've been okay with that because it, they still had a chance when yeah. AD went out the game. Um, and But, you know, the thing about it is when you're playing Golden State and Golden State and you try to match them three for three, and you, you can't do it because they they one of the best shooting – well, they are the best shooting guards of all time. And so you can't match them. you got to you know play downhill like Draymond did, um, like Wiggins did, and try to get points in the paint. and. The Lakers didn't do that, and that's why the Golden State Warriors were able to, to win that game. Why is Anthony Davis's pain tolerance questioned? I, I think because when you have a guy with this much talent, you, you think about it, there's nothing this guy can't do on the court. And it's frustrating when he's not on the court. So I think people just nitpick and say, you know, he has this, he has that. But if you go back and look at all his injuries, they've all been, you know, bad injuries, bad luck injuries. And, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, you step on someone's foot and you twist your ankle, you know, you can't get mad about that. But nobody talks about Kawhi, Paul George, any of those guys, Chris Paul, these guys get hurt, but it's, they always focus on KD. And I said AD because we expect so much out of AD and and it's not fair to him. I don't think. Well, he's on the Lakers. That that's (laughs) why it matters. If Kawhi was a Laker, then people would care about that. Or Chris Paul was with the Lakers. If you're with the Lakers, if you're with LeBron, <laughs> then we care more about what you do or don't do. <laughs> that brand and playing with the King is bright, boy, so you got to step up at all times. 
How would you defend Steph Curry? Um, I think they're doing the right job in defending him. I think they're, um, like I said, Wiggins and Draymond got up because Steph can kill you from three. You have to, you know, it was weird how LeBron followed him to the bench. That's the way you have to play him. <laughs> you, 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 your job is to stay in front of Steph, stay connected at all times, go over the top of screens, and whoever's making the screen, you better get up there and help and make somebody else beat you because Steph is just so dangerous. And you can't go underneath the screen. No. But is there any – okay, as far as – we all know he's the greatest shooter of all time. Who's mm-hmm. the second greatest shooter of all time? His teammate, Clay. <laughs> That's it, man, you know. And, you know, and the crazy part is about it is we talk about Steph's ability to shoot, but, if you know, Steph is a 100, and Clay is a 99.9 right behind him. And I think we kind of forget about that because we missed him for the last two seasons with injuries. But he's still one of the greatest shooters to ever play this game. And think about it. We call it, his name is Game Six Clay. And so Game Six, we're going to see if he can stick up to that name. But to me, he's the second greatest shooter of all time. And I'm third. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Game on the line. Would you pass it to Steph Curry? Or take no. the shot? <laughs> no, I'm taking the shot. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Would you pass you it to Clay? No, I believe in myself, man. (laughs) If I'm double team, I might. (laughs) Okay. Would you pass it to Jordan? Uh, uh, no. (laughs) I don't don't think there's anybody I would pass to other than myself. (laughs) Good. I like that. We're talking to Robert Ory, seven time NBA champ. Uh, you know, you start to look at careers here, and and I've mentioned this isn't really a rivalry between LeBron and Steph. Correct. I mean, it's a it's a rivalry for greatness on the greatness list. Yes. But I don't think there's a heated rivalry actually between these two franchises. But if Steph wins, he can move up. LeBron's not moving up from where he is. Would you say he's second greatest player of all time behind Mike? I, I say I say that I say he is. You know, up echelon. You know, he can be first some days. He can be second some days. But because I played against both, I would have to go with MJ. It's not this. To LeBron, it's just I, I just think when you look at the body of work that MJ had put in over the, the short amount of time that he kind of gets, you know, a, a foot ahead of him. But, okay. you know, if Steph wins, I still I, I think people, you know, I'm going to say this and it's probably going to bite me in the butt. That's like saying I'm, I'm better than Charles Barkley. You know, I hate him because he went to Auburn. That's just a little joke because I went to Alabama. <laughs> um He's still a better player than I was. I got seven championships. You know, I got, you know, this, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Olajuwon. I have more championships than all of those guys, but I'm not better than them. You can't really just judge a player by the championship. I played on better teams than all of those guys. And that's why I have seven championships. And it's not tennis where you're on an individual sport. And we like always like the great guys on how many chips they want. In yeah. that case, you know, I'm the ninth greatest player of all time, but I'm not, right? You know, I'm better than Jordan, and I'm not. And it's just being reality. And, and I think people always say, oh, well, he gets this chip. No. You know, if you look at what LeBron has to do over his career, he's had to carry more teams than Steph has because you got Clay, you got Draymond. You think you got defensive player on the year. Um, you got two, well, three all stars on one team. LeBron used to have maybe one of the all star with him. You know, except when he went to Miami. But I just think you just can't judge players by the chips that they want. Draymond Green, a Hall of Famer? Um, I think he is. Anytime you win an award, like Defensive Player of the Year, I, I, I think you can, you know, you should be put in the Hall of Fame. And let's, let's be honest, he's a champion. He's won five chips. He's, he's been, in, he's, he's, he's started a dynasty. 
You know, until they got Draymond and start, he started deboying everybody. You know, <laughs> he's 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 helped that franchise win chips. So yes, yeah, throw him in the hall. Yeah, it's always tricky when you're. I I think he's a Hall of Famer, but you know, you're a really good player on a really good team. He's he's been recognized individually, whether it's you know second team All NBA or Defensive Player of the Year. How would you describe? Does anybody compare to Jokic that you played against? Uh, no. Um, if you watch the way Jokic plays, his vision, you know, it, it would, he would almost be like a Sabonis, the, not this Sabonis, Sabonis, his dad, um, the way he played back in the day before he came to the States. And if you have to go back and look at the old tape of him where he can handle the rock, he could pass, you know, when he got to this, to the United States and started playing with Portland, you saw older Sabonis, but his passing skills were still tremendous. So I think that's the only person you can compare him to because if you look out through the history of bigs, most of the bigs in my generation and before my generation, they were straight post players. You know, you can have some that could pass, yeah. but not like this. And I think he is in a, in a, in a realm by himself. You joined the Lakers, I think, during the middle of Kobe's rookie season? Correct. First impression was what? The first impression of Kobe was this guy's intense. <laughs> this is an 18 year old, 19 year old kid. He's yeah. intense. And what I say about that is we, we didn't shoot around, you know, shoot arounds when you've been in the league alone, you walk through it. He's like going through screens hard. He's getting up a sweat and they're like, Hey man, calm down. <laughs> but you can see right then he wanted to be great, not good, but great. And, and the thing also about him is if you tell him he's not good at something, He's going to be in the gym the next day working on it. He don't care if you're the best man on the team or the worst man because he wanted to prove people wrong. And, you know, think about it. When you come in, and, uh, he's not going to be that good. He's not going to be this. And he was always trying to prove, prove people wrong. And he did it, man. He was, you know, when you talk about the greatest, you know, you can go some days where he's number one and MJ might be number two, LeBron might be three. He should be always talking in that, that category as one of the best players ever played this game also. Because think about it. He copied the guy we call the best player of all time, he copied him to a T. So why not him being the best of all time? Yeah, I think it's interesting you bring that up, but I also think Jordan made Kobe greater. That if mm -hmm. Kobe didn't have Mike, then, you know, what's that motivation? Like, who am I trying to chase? And, and it always felt like he he always had that, I'm, I'm chasing Jordan. LeBron is too, but Kobe was more like Mike. He wanted to be Mike, but I do think Mike, being as great as he was gave Kobe that incentive that that that's the guy I, I want to be or be better than. I think he strived to have the greatness like Mike. I don't think he really wanted to be like Mike. I think he wanted to all the accolades Mike had got. He wanted to be considered the greatest like Mike, because I think at the end of the day, every ball player wants to just be themselves, but they want to be, you know, acknowledged for their accomplishments acknowledged for their skill set acknowledged for the body of work that they put in this game. And you think about it, Kobe, he put in a lot of work. You know, he went through a lot of injuries and had a lot of adversities, but you know, he was able to go from number eight to 24. And you think about it, the number eight was a brash young guy that nobody liked in the league, you know, only his teammates. And then he went to 24 where guys started going towards him and, you know, asking him for advice. And it was a, a different type of person that you saw when he got older. And I think, you know, if you look at eight and 24 and you put them together, you're one of the greatest players that ever played this game. If I could take away your seven titles, don't do that. <laughs> but I put you. But I, you make it the into the Hall of Fame. Uh huh. But you don't have rings, so you can have a no. Hall of Fame career or you can have seven titles. Man, I really have seven titles because at the end of the day, Hall of Fame don't give you anything for it. 
You know, there are people in the Hall of Fame that you don't even know who they are. And I don't care about the Hall of Fame, even though I feel like I should be in it. But I don't care about it. You know, that probably bite me in the butt, too. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a team sport. I done, I've done something a lot of players would never do. I've done things that only a few players have done. And, you know, I was just thinking about this day. Yes, yesterday I set a record for the most threes made consecutively in a, in a, in a, in a playoff game. And there's so many things that I've done in the NBA and that my teammates love me. Uh, I only have a few teammates that hate me. And that's the 12 guys from, <laughs> from the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> but I've had a great, I had a great career, man. I don't, you know, the Hall of Fame is something that all my friends and family think I deserve, but I still would take the seven championships any day over one ring, a Hall of Fame ring. Have you got any of those championship rings in that room? No, they're, they're in the office. I mean, in my safe. <laughs> what is, I'm in the office. <laughs> what's the jersey you have over your right oh, shoulder? That? No, that's no. Just my, no the oh, other. That's, oh, that's my Gary Carter jersey. Um, I was a huge Gary Carter fan. What? Um, yes. When I was growing up, it's the show called The Baseball Bunch that used to come on. I played baseball. <laughs> Remember that show? Yeah. And Gary Carter said um, he used to choke up on the bat. And I went out in a Little League game. I had two home runs, a triple, and a double. And I remember that to this day. And I, I and I became a huge, huge Gary Carter fan. That's when he was with the Expos, and then he got traded to the Mets. And he heard that story, and he before he passed away, he signed the jersey oh, for me that's and cool. gave it to me. So I, I keep it. I, I travel with it because <laughs> that you know me. For someone to hear your story and say thank you, it means a lot because there are a lot of great athletes that can hear these stories and just, you know, wave and keep moving. But I'm I'm a huge, you know, Gary Carter fan, you know, God rest his soul. Did did Shaq used to run around naked when he was with the Lakers? <laughs> he, he, can you confirm well, that story, Robert? That is a that is a true story. We we <laughs> are getting ready for practice one day. And we like, where's Shaq? And all of a sudden, he just runs onto the court with just his shoes and socks <laughs> on, butt naked, and then runs right off the court. <laughs> you know? That was day. That was the days before camera phones. And you, you know, you. It's also a a picture of him standing beside Rick um, with his shorts and everything pulled up in his butt cheeks. So. <laughs> you know, he's. You know, think about Shaq though. He was a character. He 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 kept it light. But it's not many guys can turn the switch on. Go from being funny to being a monster on the court. And he was one of those guys that could flip that switch really quick, go from being a silly guy, fun-loving guy, to a guy who will, you know, knock your head off. But I always wonder, and I I thought that, uh, you know, three titles, but that we would look back on what they should have won. How Couldn't Shaq have been the fun-loving guy and coexisted with Kobe? I think so. I, I think, you know, if you look back at the, you know, the Laker team that lost to Detroit, they were missing a lot of things. You know, they were missing guys like Rick Fox, myself, that kind of kept that team together. Cause we could go to Kobe and talk to him. We could go to Shaq and talk to him and we can bring the team together. And when you bring in outsiders like Carl Malone and Gary Payton, not saying that they, they didn't have the same relationship. I'm not saying they were bad for the organization. They didn't have the same relationship that we had with Shaq and Kobe. Cause think about it, most of us have been there for seven years with those guys. Yeah. And so we was able to talk and keep things together. And I, I hate that they broke up that team. Even though they went to the finals, they broke up that team. You know, they didn't give us a chance. You know, we three-peated, and then we lost to a great team in the San Antonio Spurs, and it's all oh, they're old. It's break them up, you know. And But I, it's a, it just add pieces to what you have. They literally broke up the team, and I, I hate that they did it. But, you know, Kobe got back on top. Shaq got back on top, but not before I did. <laughs> uh, Tim Duncan, a top-ten player of all time? 
Uh, yes. I, I think Tim Duncan is one of the greatest players that ever played this game. We kind of started to forget about him because his game was boring and basic, which ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, it, think about it. it. Tim probably could have did the stuff that Jokic did, but he didn't have to. He kind of did the stuff that Shaq did, but he didn't have to because he had a lot of great players with him. And at the end of the day, because, you know, I, I look at two guys throughout this career, Tim and Dream. They're very quiet guys. You don't see, you don't hear anything about them. You don't see anything about them. And so we kind of tend to see, forget about the people who don't, who don't make noise. And to me, those two guys are always going to be top 10, but we forget about them because we don't hear anything about them. We don't talk about, but we always going to compare, Oh, he's Tim Duncan like, Oh, he got the footwork of dream. But these two guys are, are probably the two of the best big men ever to play the game. Well, I love dream. I, yeah. I just, I thought he had, he had a point guard, uh, footwork. He had touch. Uh, just a big, big, big fan of, of uh, Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah, he yeah. was Joel Embiid before Joel Embiid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. As, he was yeah. a lot of these centers before these mm-hmm. centers. You felt like yeah. uh, great to and talk undersized. to you. Undersized. <laughs> yes, yeah, he you. was. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. as big as you thought. You know, yeah. uh, covering those Houston NBA Finals, and you're like, they listed him at like six eleven, but it didn't feel like he was six eleven. Not at all. Not when I'm six nine, six ten. I'm looking yeah. dead in his eye. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't that tall. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but try guarding him on the post. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Great to talk to you, Robert. Thanks for joining us. And uh, hope- Man, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for always having me on. I appreciate you. Got a lot of love for you. And that's Robert Oring. And he'd probably be a better shooter than me, but uh, I like the challenge. I love the fact that hey, you can throw it to Steph, or you take it yourself. Well, your name is Big Shot Bob. He's one of the few guys who can get away with that. Seven titles there. The only person he'd consider passing to him is himself. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what? Too is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I didn't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton. Including 
include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What I'm told, sources close to me, six NFL executives are uh, the ones who create the NFL schedule. And that group includes our next guest. He's uh, Ani Bose. And uh, the schedule makers uh, get help from technology. Thousands of computers produce thousands of possible schedules. So that, that leaves it up to the schedule makers to select the best ones. And then I believe they pass it on to the commissioner. Also, you have to factor in this, that... Part of the uh, conversation, the tricky part is the networks will lobby to have certain games. So the network executives always are angling to have the best games on. I don't know how involved they are with any of those things, but that's why we're having Ani Bose on. Ani, good to see you again. NFL Vice President of Broadcasting. Did I get everything right there with uh, behind the scenes? I think you captured the essence of it, Dan. Great to be here with you. Um, okay, how argumentative, passionate does it get behind the scenes with you guys before you send it off to the commissioner with these matchups? It's a great question. I think, you know, the the good thing is, as you mentioned, you know, there's five or six of us who sit in that room, whether it's a real room or a virtual room, and we're all really invested in this. We're all really passionate about making sure that, you know, our objective is let's put the best games into the best windows. Let's make sure our fans can see what's out there, the games that they're circling on the calendar today. And it does get passionate because you've got to balance, you know, kind of competitive issues. You want to make sure it's fair for every team and how they play their games. But as you mentioned, every network, every network, you know, wants and deserves a piece of those top, you know, 40, 50 games. And it gets passionate where you argue, hey, this game should be on a Sunday night or this game should be on a Monday or a Thursday. Is this too big for that window? We're all invested in it. We all care. It's it's all collegial, but it absolutely can get heated at times. And, you know, we walk out of the room at the end of the day or at the end of the process. We all respect each other and appreciate that we challenge each other. Okay, once you guys come up with the schedule, then you take it to Commissioner Goodell? Yeah, I mean, it's not as 
you know, straightforward as we walk in there with, hey, boss, here's the last one. We've actually, over the last few years, really established a cadence where we'll kind of level set with him early in the process. That process can start as immediately as after the day after the season, the previous season ends. But we really get into it once the Super Bowl is over. We know where the kickoff game is going to be at the home of the, the champion. And then it's iterative and we'll meet with the commissioner multiple times, you know, maybe once a month in February and March, and then really through April, probably weekly, we're up there giving him updates, just making sure that he has a sense of where we're headed and making sure there's nothing on there that he would say, hey, don't do that, or I would never play it that way. Why Detroit against Kansas City to open up the season? It's rare to have a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. It's a great question, Dan, and, and that's one of the ones that we probably had some more of our more passionate discussions about. Um, a couple things to factor in there. One, when you start with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, any Super Bowl champion is going to be attractive, but when you've got them in there, you know that game is going to have a high amount of attention. It's going to get a lot of viewership. He is you know, kind of our gold standard at this point of the individual player that people are going to tune in to watch. They have great home opponents this year. They, we, we could have gone out with a Super Bowl rematch. We could have played Cincinnati, the championship rematch. We could have played Buffalo. Any one of those games would have gotten blockbuster numbers. We considered all of them. They've got great divisional matchups. You know the AFC West always matters. The Chargers play great primetime games against the Chiefs. So we left ourselves open-minded. There's a lot of years where we might say, this is the one game that we're going to play on kickoff. This year, we kind of said, there's a lot of games we let consider. And as we went through the process, the Lions were one of those teams we left in there. And we really like that narrative around that team. They write, you know, as, as you well know, kind of what the culture that they're building there, the way they finish that season, you know, eight wins out of their last nine or 10 games. Last time we saw them on national television was the last game, game 272 of the regular season. And they were beating the Packers in Lambeau to keep Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. We really like that. There's a lot of energy there, and we feel really good about starting the season with that energy against the Super Bowl champs. How much um, of the schedule is put into place prior to the draft? And also with free agency or Aaron Rodgers, uh, Lamar Jackson, factoring in rookie uh, quarterbacks as well. Uh, how much does it change, let's say, after those situations have uh, been completed look that question is really pertinent for this year because the draft heading into that week Aaron Rodgers hadn't been formally traded Lamar Jackson hadn't signed so those were in the back of our heads right we were pretty confident that Rodgers was going to be a New York Jet but we really wanted to see that happen before we locked it in so the fact that that trade did go through gave us some relief because we had told ourselves if he's not traded by Friday night of the draft we're going to have to have some contingencies. We didn't have to go there. Um, beyond that, you know, the draft helps us think about some things on the margins. Obviously, there's always the handful of really high-profile college players, Bryce Young, Stroud. We're going to look at those matchups, and, you know, you're going to see Carolina in a national window when we announce the schedule tonight. But, you know, it doesn't overly change things, but it lets us look over those last two weeks. Okay, here's some interesting spots where these guys may fall. And then uh, Lamar Jackson resigning. Does how much did that change with Baltimore? And and are you guys included in any of this? Does the commissioner say, "Hey, schedule Baltimore"? I'm hearing that Lamar Jackson's resigned. Like, how much information is exchanged when it comes to putting this schedule together? Yeah, we're always looking for information. We're going to talk to our colleagues in the building, and what are you hearing? You think this deal is going to get done? It it's always helps us to know those things. Um, you know, I think with Lamar, same thing, right? You know, they're a dynamic, exciting football team, but it's another level where he's in there. So 
when we were concerned, hey, there's a chance he may not be on the team, we may have considered, do we put Baltimore a few fewer times into big windows on national TV? Once he was signed, full confidence to go out there and put them in the windows we have them in. How many primetime games for Aaron Rodgers this year? <laughs> um, you're going to see the, the New York Jets in the maximum number of, you know, whether it's fully on primetime. We've already announced he's going to be in the first. Uh, the Jets are going to be in the first Amazon Black Friday game. So, yes, fully um, you will see them as distributed as widely as you would have seen Aaron Rodgers and the Packers distributed if he was still on there. But is, is that 12 games? No, there's a maximum number, you know, you can make, um, you can be scheduled for six national appearances, you know, across NBC, ESPN, Amazon, um, and then, you know, a certain number of those games have to go to CBS. Some of them are going to end up on Fox as well. And then we just found out Sunday night is going to be the Cowboys and the Giants. That's right. We announced that this morning. Uh, uh, Wait, oh, you just scooped me. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna got be, me. You it, got me, man. It's the Cowboys and the Giants on Sunday night, just letting you know, Ani. Thank you. I appreciate that. Heads up. <laughs> we did now the Cowboys and the Niners. <laughs> I'm stunned here. Cowboys and the Niners, we announced in week five on NBC Sunday Night Football. Yeah. yeah. And we announced that kickoff as well. And you didn't mess up. That that information is uh, leaked out. Just, <laughs> just letting you know. I don't there want I don't want you to get in trouble. Do you Thank get, you. I appreciate okay. that. All right. Do you ever tell anybody, like off the record, you know, somebody wants to know, hey, I want to, I want to plan my trip to Miami, see the Dolphins and the Jets. Uh, can you tell me when that's going to be? Do you, do you ever leak any information, uh, sort of, to the neighbors or friends? <laughs> no, um, you get those questions a lot. the The easiest part of that is that up until this past Monday, those things were all changing. So I wasn't going to, you know, whatever I might have told you two weeks ago may have changed by the final schedule that we put in front of the commissioner. So that makes that job, that part of that, a lot easier. Does the commissioner have a favorite team? He loves all 32 equally. No, no, no. When he, no, he doesn't, he doesn't like Arizona. Um, it's hard to like Arizona this year. Uh, but growing up, was he a Patriots fan or Giants fan? You know what? I don't know that answer. I think you should have him on and ask him. Oh, we've that. tried to, Ani. Could you tell him I said hello? (laughs) I will for sure. Hey, great to have you on, and uh, good luck with uh, the broadcast coming up tonight. Appreciate it, Dan. It's an exciting day for all of us. And that's Ani Bose. He's the NFL vice president of broadcasting. He's been part of the NFL schedule-making for 15 years now. I would think it would be like, okay, let's strategize. Because you don't want all the great games, you know, front-loaded. You want to have middle part, the end of the season. Because a lot of times you get to the end of the season, you're like, oh, we can't avoid. You know what? Let's just put it there with week 17. But if if you can have a bad matchup earlier in the season, and it's okay. It's when we see that these teams have three wins and they're facing each other, that's different. But if it's early, I don't know how good Carolina or Houston's going to be. But if you told me, I don't even know if they face each other, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud were going to face each other, all right, I'm in. Early in the season, maybe not late in the season. And we saw that with Marcus Mariota and uh, Jameis Winston. And that was seven or eight years ago, opened the season. I'm like, yeah, all right. I didn't care about him after that, but I did that week. Yeah, Paulie. And I think they're pretty gutsy to put the Lions on because we all had the same reaction we saw. Like That is not traditional. I don't know if the NFL... They always look for storylines, but yeah. they usually go with the either a 
giant market or defending champs or defending playoff teams? I felt bad. You know, we had gotten the information about Sunday night with the Giants and the Cowboys. And I'm like, yeah, and you got that? And he goes, yep, we announced that early. Wait, what? So (laughs) (laughs) You just scooped me. Yes, (laughs) I did. Uh, Brian in Tampa. Hi, Brian. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. First time, long time. 5'9", 185. Yeah. So, last season, last NFL season, you had Chris Nowinski kind of go viral on Twitter with his take on the Tua situation and him, well, the Dolphins not putting him out, not reporting concussion. I felt like you and Colin were the only shows really being objective and putting it on the table that, you know, these players may be going back out there with a concussion. And now I feel like we, you know, we're six months, you know, forward in the NBA season. And now something similar is hap- maybe ha- happening with Anthony Davis. Are, is it semantics at this point, player safety? Because I feel like depending on the player, it, it, it feels like we're right back where we were 10 years ago. Oh, you know, it's hard to say, Brian, what everybody's agenda is. And it's a fair point to bring up. All I can tell you is having a source. I got to be careful in in bringing this up. Um, Somebody shouldn't have played and they did play. And they weren't. They weren't cleared officially in the NFL. But then they they got cleared, but they shouldn't have been cleared. And it felt like they were kind of pushing somebody through. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because I don't, I don't want this to lead to anything. But it, it happens. People have agendas. Um, player safety, I think, sounds good. It's almost like student-athlete. Is it really? Uh, I always call them athletic students because they're athletes first. But player safety, getting somebody back out there. Should you be out there? Can you tough it out? Um, and I, I, you know, I hope that the Lakers are doing the right thing and just saying, you know, if he has a concussion, he has a concussion. But it was quick when it came out. Hey, he doesn't have a concussion. Okay. Um, and yes, I had a problem with the Dolphins with what they were doing. I, I mean, I can. You, when they say, oh, he injured his back. Have you heard anything about Tua's back since then? Right? Now, they still say he didn't have a concussion. Okay. you got to live with this. I don't. Tua has to live with this. I don't. But I think it didn't pass the eye test. That's all. And I hope there is player safety. Because the player will not try to protect himself. It's rare when you do that because we're told, tough it out. Oh, come on, you can play through that. We don't care about them when they're 40 years of age. They, you know, got dementia. They, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, man, oh, boy, he was tough. And, you know, I've been around Jim McMahon. And Jim McMahon was tough. And I saw Jim McMahon struggle mightily. He had some. He had suicidal thoughts. He was in a dark, dark, dark place. Well, he played, played through it. Tough. Come on. That's what we do. And I, I think you know, no matter what the sport is, I know that you got to have an agenda here. But the agenda has to be that person who might not know how to protect themselves. Heinz Ward told me 
got blasted in the game against the Ravens. In the head. Concussion. He grabbed his ankle. Because, grab my ankle. Well, they knew that he, you know, that he suffered a concussion. But he, he, he almost instinctively grabbed his ankle so they wouldn't take him out of the game. They had to hide his helmet. You're taught. You, you know, that's how you play. You're tough. Maybe Anthony Davis doesn't have that, you know, pain threshold. But hopefully somebody is there to protect him from himself if he does try to come back. But if you're out there trying to play with a concussion, just your equilibrium, and you're going to be nauseous, you'll be throwing up. I mean, like, I had two concussions. One was terrible. You know, almost died. But, you know, I wasn't playing a sport. And I hope Anthony Davis doesn't have a concussion he gets to play. But if he does... According, according to protocol, he's not playing on Friday night. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What makes a Mercedes-Benz EV different? Electric is what gets you there. But Mercedes is what moves you. Like no other automaker can. The vehicle, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more at mbusa.com EQ.